It's Friday, July the 31st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, American economy shrinks 32.9% and big tech breaks its own records. First, the world in brief. America's GDP shrank at an annualised rate of 32.9% in the three months to the end of June, as a surge of new COVID-19 cases weighed down the economy. That is the worst such figure since the Second World War. And new unemployment benefit claims rose to 1.43 million last week. Germany's second quarter GDP figures shrank by 10.1% quarter-on-quarter in the three months to June, the worst decline recorded since reunification in 1990. In a ray of hope, the number of unemployed Germans fell unexpectedly in July. All four tech titans that squirmed on Wednesday in defending their overbearing market power before America's Congress reported extraordinary earnings. Apple enjoyed ferocious growth in revenues aided by locked-down consumers around the world and announced its first stock split since 2014. Amazon surprised few by racking up its biggest ever profits. Facebook breezed ahead of expectations, defying an advertiser boycott with buoyant projections. Google's parent, Alphabet, stood apart by losing ground, but less than had been feared. Ad sales regained their balance after an unprecedented dip in the first quarter. Senior Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, rejected President Donald Trump's tweeted musings about delaying presidential elections in November. Mr Trump said an increase in postal voting would lead to the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history, although the evidence for that is scant. In any case, delaying the election is not within the president's constitutional powers. Twelve pro-democracy candidates were disqualified from standing in Hong Kong's legislative elections scheduled for September. They include Joshua Wong, a prominent campaigner. All had undertaken to uphold the territory's mini-constitution, which includes a swinging national security law. The returning officer said she didn't believe them, but there was no question of any political censorship the government straight-faced. Li Teng-Wei, Taiwan's president from 1988 to 2000, died aged 97. Brought up under Japanese rule, he was the island's first native-born leader and the first to be directly elected. Praised in Taiwan for dismantling its authoritarian regime and preserving de facto independence, he was reviled in Beijing as a separatist. Preclinical data published in Nature, a journal, suggested a COVID-19 vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson, an American conglomerate, elicits a robust reaction in tests on primates. Phase 3 clinical trials on humans are yet to begin. And Belarusian authorities arrested more than 30 Russians who they claim are mercenaries plotting to destabilise the country before elections on August 9th. An enraged Russia insisted the men were merely passing through Belarus. Opposition politicians fear that Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus's authoritarian president, will use the arrests as an excuse to crack down on dissent. And now here's today's agenda. Trump takes aim. The WTO's leadership. The world's most famous wrecking ball is probably the one on which Miley Cyrus swung in her pop video. But President Donald Trump's aimed at world trade is far more consequential. Today, it is likely to demolish the World Trade Organization's attempt to appoint an interim successor to its Director General, Roberto Ozevedo. The process should have been routine. Many hoped that Carl Browner, the competent European Deputy Director General, would slot into the job. But his candidacy has attracted controversy. The Trump administration regards Europeans at the WTO with suspicion, which is partly why it nicks the body's system of solving disputes. Instead, it is reportedly pushing its own candidate, Alan Wolfe, a deputy director general. 
Despite Mr. Wolf's penchant for delivering ingratiating speeches, calling the WTO a place of hope, the Chinese will never support an American Director General. And so, if neither candidate is appointed, it will be another victory for Mr. Trump's wrecking crew. Dark Days Brazil's pandemic continues Today marks the end of Brazil's deadliest month of the pandemic so far. The country is expected in August to surpass 100,000 reported deaths from COVID-19. The uncontrolled spread of the disease has led several institutions, including Oxford University, to test prototype vaccines in Brazil. Though the number of daily deaths has stabilised in the city of Sao Paulo, once the worst hotspot, the disease's spread is accelerating in much of the rest of the country. All but 95 of the 5,568 municipalities have reported infections. So has Brazil's far-right president, Jair Bolsonaro, who tested positive for the virus three times in July. That did not change his callous stance toward the disease. On July 19th, after his second positive test, he removed his mask to greet supporters and held a box of hydroxychloroquine above his head. On social media, fans of Gallo's humour compared the gesture to a scene in The Lion King. Irreconcilable Differences Congress and COVID-19 Stimulus A $600 boost in weekly unemployment benefits for 20 million jobless Americans expires today. The extra funds have helped to support consumer spending and limit the spread of poverty. But Congress and the White House look deadlocked on crafting a new stimulus bill that would extend the extra benefits. Democrats agreed among themselves in May on a $3.4 trillion package that would keep the payments in place until the end of January 2021. But Republicans are split. 20 Republican senators worried about the rapidly increasing deficit would like to ditch the bill altogether. After a week of intra-party wrangling, a Republican proposal emerged, suggesting a hefty cut in benefits to $200 a week before transitioning to 70% of previous earnings. A new, more complex formula may delay checks for several weeks. But first, Congress will have to decide what it wants. Compromise looks far off. For millions of American households, life is very suddenly going to become more difficult. Deep Dive The Euro Area Economy Expect another eye-watering decline in output today when second-quarter GDP figures for the Euro Area are published. These come a day after statistical releases revealed record drops in output in America and Germany of around 9-10% compared with the previous quarter, annualised the American rate was minus 32.9%. If you thought that was bad, think again. Economists expect falls of 15% across the euro area as a whole, as well as in France, Italy and Spain, for which GDP figures also come out today. At least thanks to furlough schemes, the unemployment rate has not rocketed. At 7.8% in June, it is only slightly higher than it was a year ago. And monthly surveys of factory bosses suggest that activity is on the up. With the number of infections starting to rise in some countries again though, it is much too soon to breathe a sigh of relief. Lamb to the slaughter? Hong Kong's elections. Carrie Lam, Hong Kong's chief executive, insists that the choking national security law imposed by China on the territory in June merely strengthens one country, two systems. What's more, she says, most Hong Kongers favour the stability it brings. Those beliefs will be tested today when Miss Lam meets with her cabinet to decide whether to postpone elections in Hong Kong's Legislative Council scheduled for September. She will blame any delay on COVID-19. More likely, she fears that pro-Beijing candidates will be trounced by pro-democracy ones, who would then have the power to block legislation. 
Some parties that are loyal to China want a postponement of a year. Miss Lam will have had her steer from China's leaders. But she may lose face either way. Go ahead with elections and she can expect to be chastened by the people. Postpone them and her insistence that Hong Kong's freedom remains intact will look hollow. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Leo Tolstoy, who was born on September 9th, 1828. History would be an excellent thing if only it were true. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.